we got to mix the mission statement with the idea that everything is relevant, our stand-up is relevant, living in New York is relevant, because it's all how to deal with day-to-day life. Yeah. Is that generally yeah. it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And how the littlest things in the world ruin your whole outlook on life yeah. just because of one day when it's really not that big of a deal, but we've got to find a way to deal with, with the, our fucking anger, basically. Yeah. Because taking the train to Astoria is always a bitch. It's, it's only from Greenpoint. <laughs> Oh, oh really? Yeah, yeah, because it's three it's three trains from, uh, okay. from my place. It's super quick. Yeah. All right. Welcome to the Power of How. I'm Matt Fulcheron. I'm here with Brendan Tassif. I'm here with Daniel Torado. Hey everyone. And I just I just feel light. All of a sudden, we were gonna do two episodes. Now we're just doing one. It's <laughs> <Right. laughs> a huge. And flight. I just feel like I feel like the first one's already done. Like, yeah. Fly. <laughs> Well, it is. <laughs> a few of them are done. Yeah. Um, I'm going out of town, which the stress with that, it's, it's hilarious, the concept of a vacation, because you have to do so much shit before you go on vacation that the week before your vacation is like mega stress. Yep. And then we're still in this modern age, still responsible for all the business calls, work calls. All yeah. that shit. Can never uh, disconnect fully. I'm going for it. I'm going to uh, look at my phone. I'm going to have to come up with some kind of rule. Like once in the morning, once at night or something. Yeah. You know? Because I don't, I don't want to be... Um, I just don't want yeah. the mentality. I, I want to give myself a week off of... Because no matter how zen I try to get... Uh, Do you have an automated on, on, response like out of town for a week? No, I should have done that. I said I was going to do that. Yeah, it's helpful. But uh, I can still do that. Yeah. It's yeah. not too late. And my millennial wife can help me with that. <laughs> I was going to ask, what do you guys prefer? Because I've run into this with vacations, especially growing up in Florida. It was always, oh, let's go to Universal for the week or let's go to Disney for the week, which mm-hmm. sounds like a blast. Yeah. But then you schedule so much stuff <laughs> that you're more exhausted when you get back. So would you... <laughs> For you guys, would you rather, and I think I know the answer, would you rather have a week where you're just like, I'm going to stay home, shut everything down, and just relax, or would you rather go somewhere? Well, I don't think the first option can really exist. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because you, what I do is just that slippery slope of, well, I do have to do this one thing, mm-hmm. and I do have to work out, mm-hmm. and I should post my power of how clips, yeah. and the next thing you know, you ain't on vacation. You're back to work, right? <laughs> You just ain't doing any spots. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if someone calls you, you are. <laughs> hey, Matt, can you work in Nyack this weekend? Yeah, yeah sure. I'm around. <laughs> <laughs> now you commute in fucking <laughs> Rockland County. Even if, it, 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 where are you going? To, where, where, where are you? Well, at? see, here's the thing. I think I can pull this off because we're going to Hawaii. Dude, if someone it, offered you a gig in Hawaii, you'll take it. Oh, I'll take exactly. it. Exactly. I no, I'm I'm fully prepared yeah. to do. A, you know, I got my set list in my wallet <laughs> at all, all times, times, man. You right. can't. I'm fucking. I'm a Boy Scout. Uh, yeah. You know, in case of emergency, break glass, yeah. and I'll just start talking about my dick <laughs> into a microphone. <laughs> you can count on me. <laughs> They called me to see if I wanted to go to the UK. I was like, I was supposed to be in Austin. I'm like, fuck yeah, yeah. I'm going. But um, that's, that's what's funny about my wife's philosophy versus my philosophy. So it's the, um, the little pushback of, uh, we're going to Hawaii, which to me is, that's the vacation. Mm-hmm. I'll be in Hawaii. I'll be going to the beach. I'll be sleeping in. I'll be eating out at restaurants. And then... 
She starts with the scheduling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we want to do this, we want to do this, we want to do this. And I go, look, I'll do everything you want to do. But my objective is to not do shit. So anything right. you want to stack on that, it's fine. But I'm like, please, for the love of God, one, just one thing a day. Yeah. Uh, next thing you know. And then we already have two things you have to wake up early for. Oh. <laughs> That's horrible. Already, you're not even on the plane yet. That's horrible. But I'm, <laughs> but I'm being a good dude. I'm like, if you want to do it, let's do it. But you know what's tough about uh, going on vacation? It, it take, I don't know how you guys feel, but let's say I leave a week. It really takes me four days to start feeling as though I'm on vacation yeah. because you bring New York with you. You, uh-huh. bring your, you bring your work, you bring your worries, you bring your stress. Yeah. So not because you're in a new environment that your head is just stops racing. So it takes me like three to four days. So when I leave for like a week, I, I really feel rested for two to three. Mm-hmm. Like a week is never enough. No, because you got that. It takes you those three or four days, and then you got the two days of glory. Right. And then you have to start thinking about packing up yeah. and getting and, back and, that's and appointments. Right. right. So You have to start scheduling stuff for the week you're back. The week you're on vacation, right? You know what I mean. Like you yeah. have to start yeah, getting yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. together, and you're like, well, I wasn't ten days gonna... is good. Yeah, ten days is good, and uh, avoid Europe. Yeah, well, because there's too much to see. There's too much to to visit. There's right. you don't you need a vacation from Europe. Yeah, when you go to Europe. Yeah, my um, my mom. We went to London one time, and she was just like, I felt like we haven't seen anything, <laughs> and I was like, we saw as much as we could. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. You know what are you gonna do? Yeah. That's what's so cool about living in New York because people like this is a destination spot. I want to hear this. So a lot, well, a lot of times, <laughs> convince me. Yeah, a lot of times, exactly. As to quote Godfrey, as a member of the Metropolitan Museum, a lot of times when I go to the Met, you'll see people like running around. Like mm. we have one day to see all of this. Yeah, and I literally go in, scan my card. I'll walk around for like forty-five minutes, and I'm like, all right, I'll come back yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, which is amazing because people you're like eating a bag of fries. Yeah, just, yeah. Like, I always get a hot dog outside, and I'll like. Walking, eating a hot dog. And I'm like, yeah, I'll check out a couple exhibits. You're at a baseball game. <laughs> I might not stay. I'm leaving the six. Uh, yeah, eight, you know? exactly. But I think that's one of the coolest things is there are people who travel from all over the world to see some of the stuff we just walk by on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, like the Empire State Building and stuff. You'll see it like light up at the hour at night. Like every yeah. hour, it does the. A cool strobe thing uh-huh. And I see that Like every day Leaving work And I'm just like Oh that's cool And you have some people Like filming it And yeah. stuff They're like Oh Cause they'll never See it again ever. Right They'll never be back here And I'm yeah. like Oh I just <laughs> I've never I've never been to it Have oh. you Have you guys I've been there I've done it And I, sh- I should go back Is it because of You had family visiting Or friends No or I just I, did it I, on your own I went with my <laughs> wife Which was like You know Being married Getting married Was a great thing for me Because I will take weekends to do things. Yeah. And I would never actually, I mean, I'd walk past the Met in my single life and that's, that's, that's plenty. <laughs> just not plenty, but that's already great. Oh well, yeah. Coming just, from- just looking at the outside of the building is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I just went with my wife and a couple of her friends and it was, it was fantastic. I mean, I get a little, a little bored in the age of, uh, of streaming and entertainment. Um, but it is great for like an hour yeah. to, to just look around and see everything. Just to see things that are way older than you. It's so cool. Is an amazing thing. And to realize that, that there was just people just like us 
living in, in whatever situation they were in, and it's not that different from where we are now. It's mm-hmm. just less gadgets, really. Yeah. And dying earlier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's amazing to see. And, and just the amount of work that would go into a still frame back then is just, it's, it's mind-blowing. And um, I also have a, a history, uh, art history. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Well, I've just taken a couple of classes. I don't have any kind of degree or anything. <laughs> but like, I do know some things. I'm like, oh, that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. always cool. That's a thing know. I read about. There's a, a, a mutual friend of ours who's an artist. And it's so funny because whenever I mention the Met or like a certain artist, she's like, how do you know that? And I go, well, you know, I know things. I know. I have no idea. I just go to the Met and I read the plaques. Uh-huh. Right? But it, it makes me it, it makes me feel much more cultured when I'm like, oh, yeah, Rembrandt. Totally. That well, was, you are. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah. I by mean, default, it works. Just by accidentally going there and reading some stuff, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's super cool. Mm-hmm. Did you know about the ancient Egyptian? Roman, like, and they're yeah. like, what the fuck are you talking yeah, about? Yeah. yeah, I know, yeah. like, every episode of Three's Company and the Roper spinoff. I know all this garbage. And you got Seinfeld, yeah, too. Yeah. Whoa, 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 that's not garbage. <laughs> no, <Yeah. no. laughs> Please. <laughs> Furley or Roper? What? Furley or Roper? Well, uh, that's a tough one. That is, please don't make me choose. That's Sophie's choice. <laughs> I can't live it's without It's tricky, right? I, I, mm, I think I'm going to pick, I think I like Roper more and laugh more at Furley. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. Three's Company was better when, when Roper was on. But Furley's a fucking riot, yeah, dude. Yeah, Furley's incredible. <laughs> Furley's so good. But mind you, what also makes Roper is his wife. I know, and just how annoying right, he is. Right, right, right. And how homophobic he is. <laughs> he's, uh, that he, show got he's, away. He's the that, only one that winks at the camera. Right, right. Does he really? Yeah, he looks yeah, at yeah, the yeah. camera and like makes, he'll a, break the fourth he wall. makes like a Tinkerbell like motion and stuff. Or like he'll say something shitty to his wife and look at the camera. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, what a great God, face. He's got a great face. But that that show was kind of uh, ahead of its time when, when you think about it. Big because, time, yeah. It was, and he was so talented, man. He was a uh, he was like the chaplain of the seventies. You talking know? about Je- uh, John uh, Ritter? John Ritter. No, he's man, amazing. How he moves, how he uses his body comedically. There's man, there's like he, a two minute scene where he's just falling out of a hammock. Yes, yes. Right? He is. He's a. I think a, a comedic genius when Me too. it comes to using your body for humor. He yeah. is. You don't see that anymore today. He's also got that great sitcom, like misdirection of emotions. Right. Like this emotion, that emotion, that emotion. Right, right, Furley. right, 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 right. Chrissy. He was so funny. Yeah, so talented, and uh, and you know, I would watch that with my folks. So I have like a very uh, <laughs> yeah, which is so inappropriate. It as is a kid. It is totally inappropriate, and you don't realize how inappropriate it is because it's all innuendo. Well, not only all innuendo, but you have like you know uh, Chrissy who's half naked. Oh, for sure. You know, all the girls are are you know cleavage, short oh my God. skirts. It's such a good show. And, I gotta go back and, and watch. Yeah, this. and they're drooling. You know, it's like Larry, any- Larry. Oh yeah, <laughs> Larry is like a young, uh, young Mister Furley or a young Mister Roper. He's the best character for those that don't yeah. know. He's the upstairs neighbor. He's a used yeah. car salesman, right? And he's perpetually single and he's always trying to get laid and he's always trying to get Jack to come in on the getting laid adventures. Really? Yeah. Oh, you haven't seen this? I've never seen the oh, show. Ever. No. I know John Ritter from Eight Simple Rules on ABC, oh, which was like buddy. right before he died. The ninth simple rule is watch Three's Company. Yeah. <laughs> that... I thought you were going to say Problem Child. <laughs> yeah, and, and the, uh, yeah, Problem Child. Yeah, he was a it, you have to watch it. I got to go back. You have it's to gotta watch be somewhere. it. Do you know the premise of the show? The premise of the show is way dated. It's like yeah. these two women want a roommate, 
and they want a man. Well, it wasn't dated for back then. No, I know. It's dated for now. Right, right. So, like, it's actually very well, advanced for yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so he, he wants to, and I apologize to people who've seen the show a million times, but they want to have this male roommate, so they have to lie to their landlord and say that he's gay. Okay. And so then Jack has yeah. to pretend like he's gay every time the apartment managers come around, and they come around a lot. Like they are, I right. haven't even seen my this apartment. Was in the 80s? This is in the seventies, late seventies, oh, early eighties. For whatever reason, he wouldn't allow two women live with a guy. A guy be, if he was straight, which is really odd, when right? You, when you think about it, no, because, because then he's going to be like, oh, but it's okay if you're gay. So if he's uptight about the guys with the girls, but he's open minded about the guys right. bringing guys home. Yes, it's weird. Yes, um, so he always has to pretend that he's gay. Uh, next to Mr. Furley and, and Mr. Mr. Roper. Roper. Well, Mr. Roper's like the one who agrees to it, and Mr. Roper's way homophobic. So it really doesn't make any sense at all. But he is, but he isn't, because he's, he's, he's open with it. Say that. But, you know, but yeah. he does say things like, I'm cool with it, Jack. Yeah. But he likes, to have a lot really? of, he likes to have a lot of fun with it. This sounds really like... And he always calls him Tinkerbell, time. and he always does like this little pinky yeah, thing yeah, when he's yeah. saying Jack. <laughs> and he's always like making jokes about it. And then Mr. Furley actually seems kind of gay. You know, stereotypically. Yeah. You know, the way he dresses and he's... He's uh, very flamboyant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's wild. <laughs> yeah. I gotta and, go back and watch this. And uh, and then they got rid of Chrissy. Yeah. They fired Chrissy. Chrissy left, which was a heartbreak, because she, yeah. was, she was talented, too. She was so talented. She was very talented Janet, to be all of them. Ditzy. All of them. Yeah. They were amazing. Yeah. I remember hearing about this controversy on, like, you know, those VH1 shows from back in the day and stuff right. when I was younger. And they would talk about the sitcoms, and that was one of the things yeah. that got brought up was yeah. like Chrissy leaving Three's Company. But I had never seen the show, so I didn't. I, didn't I know. think she requested more money. She did. She held out yeah. for more money, and then they and had they, a, they had a phase out where she was only on the phone for half oh, a season. Really? Yeah, and then they, tr- they just got they, rid of her. They replaced her with her cousin Cindy Snow. Yeah, which and was, that she was, she, great, she was great, but it but just didn't as, work. No, it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same. And then Terry, they didn't even bother the the second replacement. Yeah. they were like, "You're going to be nothing like Chrissy. Yeah. You're going to be like intelligent and work at the hospital." Right. Um, but but it was still good somehow. It was still good, even though they were missing one of the best parts, which was Chrissy. I met Larry. Oh yeah, Larry. <laughs> uh, I forget his real name. Just, his name is like, Richard. His name Richard, is Richard Klein. That's right, yeah. Richard Klein. Richard Klein. Don't ask me. See, I used to watch. You know how you watch streaming now? Yeah. I used to watch reruns like streaming. Yeah. I would watch an entire season over the course of three months because it aired every day in reruns, and then it would start over, and I'd watch it again. They do that right. now with like Friends and mm-hmm. Big Bang Theory yeah. and stuff. They go in order, yeah. like straight, and then they just reset it and go in order. Right. Yeah, dude. Syndication, I, baby. There was terrible. There was this one channel. That back when there was only three stations, there was this extra channel that became Fox later on where they would just wall to wall from like 3.30 p.m. to uh, 8 p.m. prime time. They would just do sitcom reruns. Right. And there would be terrible days where I would just be after school eating Little Debbie snack cakes. Yeah. And watching, I don't know, six, seven hours of television. Right. And then I'd watch prime time too. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. Like, like, like doing my homework during the commercials or whatever. <laughs> I got into soap operas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, so did yeah, my brother. Yeah. yeah. Yo, Days of Our Lives, uh, Another World. Uh, I was I, I was I was in Fort General Hospital. Yeah. I thought that was whack. Although it was the most famous and and, and got the most awards, mind you. Another World was great. Uh, but so my grandmother used to. She kind of raised us when we, we were kids. Uh-huh. So she she was addicted to soap operas, but she. She wouldn't speak the language. She was her English was very poor. Uh-huh. Uh, 
like real Polish immigrant. So she would cook and her favorite show was Another World. So we would just sit by her and translate everything. Uh-huh. And then, but while she was cooking, we kind of, we would always see like the last 10, 15 minutes of Days of Our Lives. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So we just got hooked on Days mm-hmm. of Our Lives. So we would have watched, dude, we got our neighbors hooked <laughs> to soap operas. Really? All our neighbors would come over and we would watch. We were kids and we yeah. would watch. Days of Our Lives. We're having watch parties followed, for soap operas. Yeah, followed by by another world, and uh, and yeah, there's something about television back then that. Well, yeah, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say the part of the fun of soap operas and daytime television is the shitty commercials and the local commercials. <laughs> I don't know if they had that in Canada. Yeah, they did. But, they did. But the DC area was full of um, just low budget, yeah, lot, non yeah, actors yeah, in the commercial, <clears throat> bad acting. Oh really? Like oh, we didn't get video. that in Canada. We had like you know Tide commercials and any mm-hmm. anything, any laundry. Uh, oh, the, oh any regional ads. The regional ads. Those. Are the best. Oh wait, those, no regional ads. Okay. Those put hair on your balls, man. Those are the those are the fun. That is so much fun just shitting on those commercials with your friends. Yeah. Uh, we it's some that. of the best fun you can have. <laughs> we have some of that now in Jacksonville. Like a lot of the car dealerships and stuff will bring on the yeah. athletes, and you're like, yeah. "What is this? What <laughs> you don't?" Yeah, yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. like. This is such a great deal. And yeah, you're like, yeah, what yeah. are you doing, one dude? The, one of the first road gigs I did, um, that we were watching daytime TV, me and the other comic, and the, the owner of the club is all of a sudden in a local car commercial. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a comedian, too, you know? Yeah. So he's an actor, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah, but uh, I, so I met Larry. Uh, oh, yeah. Le, 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 Richard Klein. And he was giving, he was teaching acting. Mm-hmm. He was teaching acting at Broadway. Comedy yeah. Club, uh-huh. the upstairs room, uh-huh. the, which is now I think called Above Fifty Three, uh-huh. uh, and uh, it was it was just surreal, uh, and it was just so cool to see someone that you know brought our families together. Oh yeah, just give a, an acting class. He's so cool, man, and he was so he was good. Cool, you yeah. take for granted how good everybody was on that show. So good. There's a scene so where talented. so he's a used car salesman. Yeah. And and he's part of the used car salesman, how we perceive used car yeah. salesman. Like, he is the character right. that sold us on how sleazy used car salesmen yeah. are. And he does this thing where, I mean, this show is great. There's a, there's an episode where Jack has to pretend to be dead. Really? <laughs> yeah, to, like, pull That's off some familiar. kind of scam. There's always a scam every time, including there's episodes where he has, he accidentally has four dates at once. And instead of canceling them, he yeah. goes on all of them. He does, well, yeah. All yeah, yeah. The, the whole, it's a classic premise of every, it's just misunderstanding. Yeah. The whole show the is time. misunderstanding. Overhearing something. Yeah. And it's usually Overhearing sex. it badly, yeah. right. Yeah, like yeah, they're yeah. trying to put sheets on a bed, and it's like we're trying. Help me! I'm trying to get it on. Yeah, I'll elect you, Jack, yeah. if you just relax, you know. And Mr. Furley's like, oh, 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 that's my apartment building, you know. And but there's a scene where um, where uh, Larry is trying to sell Jack on the coffin to make him comfortable. Yeah. So he sells it like a car. Right. And I'm not going to butcher it, but I'm sure it's on YouTube. Just type in Three's Company Larry Coffin. And you are on your way. He, he gives like a thirty-second presentation on this coffin. I could just as see if it it's in my a car. Head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This thing's built for comfort <laughs> and for speed. Like it's hilarious. And he pops out the top of it. Like, don't I look? You're gonna look so great when you're yeah. dead, or something like that. It's it was well, so it was very phenomenal. well written. It was beautifully acted, and I think. Uh, I think it's probably to me, you know, the, one of the best sitcoms ever. Yeah, by far, by far. I that and I, I got hooked to on uh, uh, Night Court. Night Court's Night great. Night Court was incredible. 
But I think my all-time favorite show is uh, is The Wonder Years. Yeah, I ju- yeah. I just want to talk. Forget all that before we get to The Wonder Years. I want to talk about the culture of, and I'm fascinated with sequels and spinoffs. Yeah, and oh, that was a horrible spin-off. Three's Company had at least two, and the and the, the probably that you? they had the Ropers, right? And they had Three's a Crowd. Ah, you know uh, this one. So Three's wife, Three's Company, and John Ritter's when Jack gets married. Yeah. John Ritter gets married, and. The father is all in his business. Right. Doesn't want... By the way, people are always like walking into the apartment. Right. If, right. if if like yeah. Kristen's mom was walking in the apartment right. all the time, it'd be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, we, what are we... Uh, how, how did you get in? But... Uh, Change the locks. <laughs> right. But, but the, the scenario is Jack is getting married. Yeah. He now lives in an apartment. Looks suspiciously like the old apartment right. with different furniture. Yeah. And the dad is now the landlord. But... And I so he's always in their business. Yeah. And the dad is, again, the landlord is like crazy in their business. And the only good thing about that show is Jack had a chef named EZ. Oh, so it's not the same chef uh, as the one. No, it's not on, Felipe. Not Felipe. Uh, Felipe <laughs> no, so Felipe's there. Felipe's there. But the, the lion cook or whatever is now this guy named EZ. This, again, prototype, I guess probably based on Spicoli, but I didn't know it at the time. He's a surfer that lives in his van. Wow. And then you got Felipe, this, what, what is he? He's, he's some kind of Latino, Latino. Imma- Latino immigrant. Yeah. And he like, he's, sec- he's like very nice to everyone's face, but he secretly hates everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. And as soon as someone comes around, he's like, I'll do that for you, you fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. prick. <laughs> <laughs> it was like such stereotypes. I'm sorry about the but, bad but, yeah, accent, yeah. but it was a yeah, bad yeah, accent. Yeah, yeah, no, you know? on purpose, on yeah, purpose. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, kind of like Pat Morita, you know, the Karate Kid. Oh yeah, you know, that, that he spoke perfect. Uh, One of the hardest things about American li- English about living in Los Angeles is I know so many Asian, Middle Eastern, and Latino friends that you see them on TV. They're like from California or Minnesota or whatever, and right. they have very American accents. And then you see them on TV. And they have this sh- this I don't want to say shitty. They do a good job. Yeah. But you have this stereotypical yeah. accent. They right. lean into And then it, yeah. that's yeah. what's so funny about Hollywood. They act like they're so progressive, and then they're the ones that create the stereotypes. Yep. It's right. insanity. But do they do that? They don't do that today now. Uh, they do. I have I have a friend. Um, they they do both now. You'll see like like uh, Aziz had a show where they had a bunch of guys who were master of none. Yeah, who are, I, th- I guess, uh, Middle Eastern. Forgive me if that's not the term anymore. But they talk about <laughs> how, like, how they're all actors, and there's a whole episode where the three of them sit around and talk about how shitty it is that they get cast, and they're making a choice, like, I'm not going to read it. One guy tries to make them tell him to read it as a Middle Eastern. He goes in there, and he reads it as a regular American guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, can you do it more? Um, and he makes them find the term. I forget what it is, but right, right. but they won't come up. They won't say it, but they're trying to get him to do it stereotypically. Right, right. He's right. like, I don't, I'm not sure. I know what you mean. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm not sure. Could you explain yeah, it better? But that's a joke. Well, it's yeah, kinda, that's it's a kinda, joke. Yeah, it's like I yeah, mean, they talk about it in that movie. It's a little bit older, but thank you for smoking. I don't know if you guys ever saw it. It's a great I have, movie. Yeah. And there's a scene oh, yeah, where they're talking ago. about getting cigarettes back in the movies, mm-hmm. and then uh, they don't. They have cigarettes in movies. Well, Rob Lowe's character says cigarettes are only for vars, villains, Arabs, and Russians. That's right. And like they say, like he's supposed to be like a big movie Hollywood producer. But I mean, this is still in the 2010s or yeah. late 2000 aughts. And they're talking about how like people are typecasted. So like villains, Arabs, and Russians, which are all 
negatively typecasted. And this is like in the 2000s. They're yeah, talking about that's absolutely. how they are cast. Yeah. So I mm. think it's still a common thing yeah, yeah, in yeah. Hollywood, even though they claim to be so progressive. The, the good guy in a movie, he hardly ever smokes. Well, never smoke. we're, we're in the age of the anti-hero now. Yeah, that's true. Today. But, but, yeah. but, but most of the time, still today. You mean today or, or back then? I'm talking about today. Um, 20 years ago especially, though, it, the good guy never smoked. No. Now, now wait, wait, shows or movies? Movies. Come on. Um, like, it has to be rated R now if someone smokes in it. Look at LeJohn and Johnny Depp, every film besides, you know, not every crazy, film. crazy character. When he, you know, and Pirates. he did a lot of crazy characters. Yeah, Pirates he never smokes in. Yeah, but, but that's a crazy sti- character. But typically speaking. That's a Disney movie. There's, there's exceptions. But typically speaking, the good guy in a movie now doesn't smoke unless he's a criminal. That's a different type of good guy. Yeah. A bad right. guy, good guy. Yeah. We have a lot of that now. Yeah, good Thanks Punisher. Breaking yeah. Bad, yeah. Sopranos, all that stuff. But I went with The Punisher, which is the happiest <laughs> thing. And you're like naming like really good shows. I'm like, yeah, The Punisher. You're like Breaking Bad. <laughs> God, but such an idiot. the difference is, all right, let's not go for hard and fast rules. But the difference is when someone smokes in a movie now, it means something. It means they're a certain type of person. It means they don't give a fuck about the rules. It means so cool. they have a dark side. Whereas in 1980, probably in Three's Company, Jack would go out on a date, and the date would smoke a cigarette, and that didn't mean anything. It didn't mean she was loose. It didn't mean she was promiscuous. It just meant she was on a date. Well, it also meant she was a feminist. Okay. You know, it, That's it, one it, example. Yeah, right. My point is, people could casually smoke in earlier stuff, and now when you smoke, it means something. If you write in a script that the character smokes... You're saying something. Well, it happens in real life too. Because I went since Savannah and I broke up, and I got on the apps and stuff. I literally went out on dates with people, and they go, "Oh wait, you smoke?" And mm-hmm. I go, "Yeah." And they go, "I didn't even think in 2022, 2023 to put that like in the profile, right? Like, right. No smokers, no, yeah, because nobody smokes, yeah. And, but I'm like, no, it's like, yeah, I smoke. There, like it's weird because my my wife cool. and I we don't smoke cigarettes, but when you know, occasionally we'll enjoy a cigarette with. A, a drink right. occasionally, oh, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and but whenever, <clears throat> whenever we see smoking on screen, we want to smoke. Oh yeah, me yeah. too. Oh yeah, and it's and it's strange, and and you know what's amazing is um, one of my favorite actors is uh, although he's only done three movies. Uh, is uh, James Dean? <laughs> You're up. You know James Dean in Rebel. In a rep, like the most rebellious figure in in, in in Hollywood at that time, besides you know Brando, uh, but that movie he's he 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 drinks like milk, mm-hmm. and he makes it looks like so cool, you know, like he, like, <laughs> he it, drinks it out of the bottle, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, no, the delivery no, he'll bottle. Have, he'll have it even a, I think as well, but also a glass. Yeah, and it's so uncool, but to have it's it it's basically working in opposition, if. He, uh, uh, such a rebellious character would be smoking. It just—it's it, too stereotypical. But to have him drink a glass of milk, yeah, because it's working in opposition. Oh, it's like it's cool. Suddenly. It also shows he's still a kid. Yeah, right. You know. Yes, I've done it yes, by accident because yes, yes. I have a leather jacket when the temperature is different, and I smoke, <laughs> and I don't even think about it like that. Oh, really? Like, um, yeah. But I went out to meet uh, my friend and uh, like went out to meet a bunch of her friends and I was outside before I went into the bar because I had gotten off of work and I was outside. I had my leather jacket on and I was smoking a cigarette. Didn't even think twice about it. 
And then when we were walking back to her place after all the dust settled, she goes, my friends think you're so cool. <laughs> yeah. And I go, why? She goes, you're just out there in your leather jacket, not giving a fuck, smoking a cigarette. And I go, that wasn't my intention at all. I, you didn't smile the whole time. No, well, I didn't even think about it. I remember when I first moved to New York, I was at a show and a very good photographer, John uh, Cofero, he's a still photographer and he does a bunch of comedy shows. He was like, are you going outside to smoke that cigarette? And I was like, yeah. He goes, nobody fucking smokes anymore. Can I take pictures of it? And I was like, yeah. Because like no comics just go outside and smoke. Yeah, that used yeah. to be a thing before our oh, set. We'd chain smoke. For but sure. Nobody does it anymore. So he's like, I want to capture this. And I was like, this is this is not cool. Oh, so right. Yeah, comics don't drink. Comics don't smoke. I know. Comics I know. are. All, all comics like in New York are sober. Yeah. Not all, but a, lot, a of lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them. God, I can't wait till I fall off the rails. <laughs> well, yes. I don't like when you talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I, you know, even 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 commercials. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> this podcast is going to start to blow up. Right. <laughs> Just kicking ben- the door at the stand. Am I good enough now? <laughs> Grab the mic off the stage. That's hilarious. My name is no longer Brennan. It's John Bender. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a whole new personality. Speaking of Three's Company, there's shit like that. There's an episode where Jack pretends to be his cousin from out of town named Jake, and he wears a cowboy hat. Oh. And he's like, yeah. I had an alter ego just in to college. Get out, just to get out of an awkward situation, right. he makes it 10 times more awkward. God, I had an alter ego in college. Oh, yeah? Whenever I'd get too drunk, everyone would look at each other and go, Brandon Taft is here. Oh, here shit. comes the Taft. Yeah. And I'd be like hammered, like, what's up, guys? They're like, oh, God, here he is. And you play into the role, right? Oh, fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, man. Once yeah. someone gives you permission. As soon as they go... Brandon's here. Party's over. Brandon's here. I'd be like, yeah. oh, we're just getting started, you guys. <laughs> it's almost like, partic- uh, like permission to be an artist in a way, yeah. like in a really fucked up way. Yeah. Or being like hypnotized, where someone suggests something to you and you go, yeah, freedom to here be the asshole. Because then everything. Which we're all do- dreaming of being. Yeah, because everything yeah. you fuck up, you go, sorry, you know how Brandon gets. Yeah, you right. Just blame it on that. Yeah. Which is one of the things Which I Which didn't work in court. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, I'm Not at all. The judge goes, who's Brandon? I'm looking at Brennan Tasson. It's, it's a long uh, story, Judge, Your Honor. I really That's don't want to demonstrate right now who Brandon is. Do you have any brum? <laughs> God, how do we, we get on this talking about vacation? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, just the, uh, I don't know. I don't the know. power how, of how did we get here? Once you get me on Three's Company. I know. I'm never going to stop. Yeah, it's really, uh, but I, I, you know. I, I wish we'd have. I, there was a spinoff of uh, the Wonder Years. Uh, they well, brought it back. Like um, I think it was an African American family. A reboot. It's a reboot of the Wonder Years. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Not a spinoff. You're yeah, right, a reboot. And uh, they did it with Night Court too. <clears throat> yeah, they did it with everything, but Yo. Night Court now. But they only have one. Night Court as well. Night yeah. Court's a reboot. They only have one. John Larroquette is the only original no. character. Yeah. Is it on now? Yeah. It's on now. It's probably off by now. Yeah, I the think posters were the posters are up in the subway, and Marshall Warfield was on Twitter like nobody calls me, because how are you gonna have it without Bull, right? Marsha, Harry, yeah, Harry. I got to do comedy with Harry Anderson. He passed away, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. They're all such brilliant character actors. Marky Post, right? <laughs> <laughs> I but I, I I wish I'd. What I loved about the Wonder Years is that it was the only show that made me laugh and. Dude, I would I would cry. Yeah. yeah. 
after every show. Uh-huh. And there's something about, they had like unlimited rights to the greatest music. They did. That's that really what thing. sold it. The, the theme song alone. Yeah, because they, could, they couldn't they couldn't release it on DVD for uh, for decades mm-hmm. because it would it would have been too expensive. To Netflix pay the had to scrub the music and put new music in it. They did, yeah, they no. had, yeah. So when they released it on Netflix as a streamer, yeah. as a streamer, they couldn't get the rights to almost any of the music without a huge cost. So they scrubbed the music out and put did new they, music in. Did they do cover Wait, songs? So they, I'm not sure how they did it. I just remember reading the an article. The music is that what the, gets you. Yeah. Like, well, that's why it flopped on Netflix was because uh, they they had to change all the music. Not all of it, but a lot of the music they had to Especially change. for the time because now you can just dial up some old music. <clears throat> but when you – it just really um, made everything more colorful to hear mm-hmm. the actual music. And the funny part was I remember watching it in the late 80s thinking the late 60s were 8 billion years <laughs> ago. Yeah. Right. But they were only twenty right. years ago. But it was so. It was the only show that I, 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 dude. Kevin was me. Yeah. I had an older brother who would kind of bully me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad was a strict disciplinarian, very strict disciplinarian. Yeah. Like the only difference is that you know my dad would hit me. Uh, my mom, blonde, very you know the sweet. Uh, you know she would always defend us. Uh, the girl Winnie. We all yeah. had a Winnie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all had that neighbor. It was I couldn't believe how much of that was me, right? And that's what I loved so much about it, and how 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 beautifully sad it ends. Do you remember? Like the, I don't the, remember, but you can spoil <clears throat> it for me. It's been it, the show does get a little weird once they start to get older. Yeah, uh, they're not as cute. They're not as, as cute, they were. But they go through like real you know, shit, puberty stuff, yeah. like and historical real. shit, yeah, like women's rights and stuff like that. Everything, right? yeah, right. And then the older sister's a hippie who's like Vietnam. really, <clears throat> right, really opposed to her dad. David Schwimmer was in that. He's the boyfriend of uh, his sister. Yeah, she's almost like Jenny from Forrest Gump. It's almost like that character is modeled after her. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't even think about mm-hmm. that. Yeah, and it's just it just ends really sadly because he. Uh, his his father he you don't see it but he talks about his father passing away mm-hmm. so um, and I think it ends with a, a parade on the fourth of July and he doesn't end up with Winnie his dad passes away like shit like <laughs> real life shit yeah, real you don't Paul have, gets yeah. contact lenses yeah. it's a mess right, right. <laughs> <laughs> he's good looking <laughs> like what it's his gross <laughs> he's all in shape yeah so it's a, it's like so it's so real you know. And you know, I don't see shows like that today. That where you feel you, no shows today are like where you laugh and you 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 get emotional at the same time. Ted Lasso is probably the closest thing. Ted Lasso <clears throat> is a very unique show. I've you know this seen, show. No, uh, What's seen. great about this show what is, is it? it's like a it's about a soccer coach. No, it's about a football coach from America who's really good, but on like a high school or college Co- level, like low level college level. And then he gets hired to be a, a football coach, soccer coach. In England. For the Premier League. But he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Turns out, this is the mild spoiler, they hire him because they want the team to lose. Yeah. But they fucking love him so much because he's like a Jesus character. He, You can't... The show is kind of cynical, but the character is not. And you just can't break him in a way. Yeah. And he always comes up with... Something positive that's not corny. It's actually what we're trying to do with this podcast. Like we don't want it to be too, too feel goodery. Yeah. But like Ted Lasso, you can't argue with Ted Lasso's <laughs> philosophies, 
and they just work. Yeah, and there's some episodes you'll watch, and I'm like cracking up at the beginning, and then yeah. by the end of the episode, like it's, there's a big reveal about something in his past or something, yeah. and I'm like sobbing, and I'm, yeah. and I cry a lot, so that's not a good gauge. But still, at the same time, it's like. How can, like, spoiler, but he's going through a divorce in the first season. Yeah. And you're like, how can this guy who motivates all these people, like, everyone loves him, but, like, his own wife wants nothing to do with him. And it's, like, a real-life thing because that happens. Yeah, it's like Tony Robbins, you know? Tony Robbins was the most successful uh, coach Mm-hmm. And uh, motivational speaker, and he his his life was falling apart. Like he got divorced, and he and then he you know you you listen to the first uh, tapes, you know, because they were tapes back then. Yeah, and you know he's talking about having a healthy relationship with his you know, with your wife, with your partner, and all this stuff that he couldn't do. Yeah, and it's it's it, it's kind of it's beautiful in 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 a real way that. You can, you can, it's strange how you can motivate someone or you can always give advice, great advice to someone, but not, he's not, like, not live, you know. He's, he's like, I can't do it, but you have to believe that you can. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. That's it, on you, fucker. That's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's what it is. I think, you know, you don't have to be, you're never going to be perfect, but it doesn't mean you don't have the tools to, you know, it's like a, 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 there was there was this uh, when I used to uh, study martial arts. Uh, it, I, it's not really martial arts. It was like this thing called sinshido. It was like really based on <laughs> on on like tr- another layer of the onion. Dude, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. I was just about to say, <laughs> Yo, here we go. There's this there's this uh, school in Montreal called sinshido, and it was uh, the most revolutionary approach to self-defense that I've, I've ever, ever You just call uh, people names? <laughs> the dude. It, just it, apologize. It was insane because I, I was like deep into, very deep into Kung Fu and very, uh, and I studied Judo and I was like, uh, I think I was like a brown belt in Kung Fu, whatever that means. It means mm. nothing. But uh-huh. so I show up there at this school called Sinchido and, um, the, the instructor says, I'm, I'm a little, I'm 17 years old and I'm cocky. Uh-huh. No, I was like 16. I was younger. Uh-huh. And then uh, the class just ended. And I said, yeah, well, listen, I've got like kung fu experience. You know, I've been doing kung fu for a few years now. I'm not like, I'm, I'm a brown belt or I'm close to. And he says, oh, that's interesting. He's like, oh, you studied kung fu with uh, Bun and Ken at Hungar? I was like, yeah, you know them? I was like, yeah, they were my teachers. I was like, oh, that's awesome. I was like, so what do they teach you about knife defense? I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, well, you know that knife defense is the most common attack in a street fight. Uh-huh. So... Let me. Pin, he pins me against the wall, puts a knife to my throat. <laughs> he was just waiting for this wait, wait, conversation. Wait, wait, wait. Let me put. Wait, wait. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me clarify. I don't think he liked you. Let, let me. Let me. Let me clarify. Come it, through this. It, yeah, pretty much. It was a wooden knife. It was. A, it was okay. a real knife. It was a, it was a wooden. It was a wooden knife. Right. He he pins me against the wall, puts the wooden knife to my throat. He says. Uh, Get out of this! Anything that you say, I could. I'll just cut you, and 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 you're dead. So how do you get out of this? So I try to do like a stupid crane move, <laughs> and he cuts me. I do another like tiger move, cuts me. A snake cuts me. He's like, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead. And he's doing this in front of all his students, and I'm humiliated. Uh-huh. I am humiliated. The whole like the whole class is standing behind him, and he's just cutting me and cutting me and cutting me, <laughs> and I felt like so small. And he said, I can teach you in thirty seconds how to get out of this. Uh-huh. And I said, uh, uh, all right, just show me. 
and we reverse rolls. He put, I put the knife to his throat, and he shows me in 30 seconds how to get out of it uh-huh. constantly, and it always works. And he said, I'll give you three months of studying with me, and if you don't like what you learn, I'll give you your money back, uh-huh. which I've never fucking heard in a right. martial arts school. Yeah. And I said, Did I will you? guarantee you that you will, this is an insane guarantee. He said, yeah. I will, I guarantee you that you will be able to defend yourself against any one-on-one Did you attacker. have to wash any of his cars or paint his fence? I wish. Oh, man, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I would have, this is just like the movie. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, I know this is going to work. And, uh, and he became, uh, one of my best friends, uh, uh, kind of like a brother figure, and I would end up uh, teaching for him. And it was one of the greatest lessons in life to just the th- all this to say. I brought this up because we, the, one of the teachers, Kamal, he was huge. He was like extremely overweight. He could he could barely move. Some, but his knowledge. Uh, he was one of the the instructors. He knew ex- he, he he had a great way of conveying uh, the teachings of mm-hmm. Sanchito. So you don't have to be in great shape mm-hmm. to teach. Just like you don't have to be uh, you know perfectly sane to transmit a message of 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 motivation. You know, you can save your body from someone else, but not from yourself. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, and yeah. it also has a lot to do with. The reason why some people who are the best motivators and the, they have the best insight is because they have failed so many times. Like it's why I know it from the position of an athlete. It's why great players don't make great coaches because they're like, just do it. Like, what do you? Like, <laughs> I just did it. Just yeah. do it. And you're like, yeah. well, it's not how. Yeah. Like I can't just do that. Yeah. So it has to. It takes someone who's tried and tried and failed and tried and failed and tried and failed. To be like, okay, well, none of this will work, so let me show you how I would do it mm-hmm. because I had to fail so many times. Yeah. That's why, like, a lot of times, I mean, it's not always, it's not a straight, hard and fast rule, but a lot of times, great, great players that were just naturally gifted right. can't coach because yeah. they'll be like, yeah, just, just well, run Gretzky, and catch the ball. Yeah. I don't understand yeah. <laughs> what's so hard about this. Yeah, Gretzky, Gretzky was a coach, yeah. a hockey coach, and he just saw the game so differently. But it's right. one thing to coach, it's another thing to be a player. He like yeah. he saw the game from like yeah. above. Yeah. And uh yeah, it's it, it's it's so strange how sometimes you you need to suffer more. It's always someone who who like my acting teacher, I remember he man, he suffered so much in life and he still suffers. Uh and yet he would always know what to say or how to say it mm-hmm. and it's almost as though his experience gives him the uh the knowledge to uh to share uh and and get you out of that cloud even though he himself is in that cloud mm-hmm. so it, it, i think it's fascinating that you don't need to lead a perfect life or or live by the sword if you want yeah. to be able to to share that knowledge I think that in itself is a tool mm-hmm. to be able to share that 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 knowledge, and uh, like the guy at Sanchita, uh, his name is Richard Dimitri, and he, he kind of like to it takes decades to master martial art, mm-hmm. but to have a dude tell you in three months, I'll teach you how to defend yourself, That's and awesome. and he covered like the five ranges of uh, of fighting, like of grappling, uh, you know, close range, uh, knife range, he, he he covered it all, and he. And what was fascinating about this method or this system of fighting is like we would have scenarios. So it's like because we always think that fighting is like in movies. It's on the yeah. perfect ground, one-on-one. People are smoking cigarettes. Right, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and it's not like that. It, it, it could happen. In, you could get mugged in an elevator. It could be 
uh, a crackhead. It could be a drunk uncle at a wedding grabbing, you know, your your sister's ass. And you're going to say anything. <clears throat> <on here>. <laughs> <laughs> and, and depending on the situation. <laughs> this is just a, an example he came yeah, up with. I swear right. to God. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and the, depending on the situation, you will deal with with every situation differently. And I, you you know uh, we're from Montreal, so there's snow. Did we ever learn how to fight with boots on and uh, uh, standing on ice? Uh-huh. Uh huh. We would go outside. Wow. And we, it, dude, we how do you how do you uh, this was amazing because he would say, what's your daily routine like? I was like, I'm a businessman. I have a briefcase and I have a tie. All right, let's go outside and fight with. So we'd have. On an guys, escalator pull, or yeah, something. Pull yeah, a tie, awesome. pull your tie, pull the briefcase. And you would have to like learn how to maneuver with how you really dress. So yeah. you, if you have a hoodie on, you, if someone just pulls your hoodie down, you can't see anything. How do you fight from there? Or yeah. how do you fight if you're with your girlfriend or if you're with your niece or if you're with your grandparents? Are you at a parking lot? There's so many variables Dude, in fighting. This, this is just translating straight to stand-up comedy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's yeah. like when people just go, well, what are you worried about tonight, show? You're funny, but yeah, there's, there's so many exterior variables. factors. Yeah. So many factors. Yeah. This is why I always tie my shoes when I leave the house. <laughs> no, this exact reason because you never know what's going to happen. And yeah, because I, I double knot. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I double knot too. Yeah, like if you don't have your shoes tied and your shoe comes off in the middle of a scuffle, like yeah. now all of a sudden yeah. you're out of it. You don't yeah. know what's happening. Mm-hmm. I always got to tie the shoes. And yeah. it was amazing because he would teach us like such basic things. Like uh, he'd be like, the last thing you ever want to do is fight. Because uh-huh. you, you could win a fight, but then the next day the guy shows up at the same spot, the uh, you know the subway station where you take you take yeah, every morning. Every he's got and he's two there friends. with five guys. Yeah. they've got chains. They, they've got yeah. weapons. The you, cops you, show up. Congratulations never, on your win. You're right. about to lose. Exactly. Yeah. You never ever ever <laughs> ever want to fight. And he would teach things like just like and nobody thinks of this, but if you just spit on someone's oh, face. oh, I think of that, dude. Just the the time that you recoil yeah. and you. You process that someone just spat in your face. The audacity. Yeah, that gives you easily seven seconds. And they know and you're you crazy. Run. And you can run. Yeah. You know, that, and nobody thinks of that. And and we everything would go biting, eye gouging. Uh, there's like, because that's the street. There's no rules. Even in, 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 in UFC, it, when it first started, they still had no eye, eye gouging and no biting. But... But the more it progressed, the more rules there were. Mm-hmm. And but there's nothing. There's and you can sh- you can push someone, and they slip because it's slippery, and you can kill someone oh, yeah. because oh, they yeah. fell the they wrong way. Their head. Yeah. yeah, and that's so you never ever yeah. ever want to fight. I I briefly just was talking to Joe Rogan outside of a club, mm-hmm. and I heard him, and he just said to a bunch of people, like five of us, he goes. You never want to fight yeah. uh, outside of an event, uh, an, an organized fight. It's or the ever, only fight you want to do. Sure. Right. But he was just t- saying the same things you were saying. And to me, that immediately, to me, he translates to the ultimate American macho guy. That's yeah. what people right. that see in him. That's the, he's the icon for that. And he's saying, you never want to fight. Yeah. And it was so nice to hear that from him. So it was like, oh, good. I don't have to fight. Yeah. I just have to grab my keys and hope for the best. I, maybe, yeah. spit, maybe spit in someone's face. I do it with the cigarette. That's why I always, like whenever I'm walking, 
whenever I go into Washington Square Park, I'll light a cigarette, even mm. though you're not allowed to smoke in the park. Right. But just because... There, yeah, it no. says something about his character. He doesn't give a fuck about <laughs> one. But there is one stretch of Washington Square Park, because when I go from work or the stand over to the cellar, I, the park's the fastest way. Yeah. And there's one stretch where you come out on the other side near McDougal where it's just homeless people and you know people doing drugs and stuff like that, And but you have to walk through it. So I always light a cigarette before I do that, which is negative because then people are like, hey, let me get a cigarette, let me get a cigarette. But I always do that for the same thing you're talking about. If someone comes at me, I can flick the cigarette in their face. <laughs> right. And then they're going to be all like, what the yeah. fuck? You got fire. Yeah. yeah. So I just, I, it, it's something gotta... that, I don't know if it makes me a psycho, but it's something I think about. Like if someone gets in my face, I'm right, right in the eyes. Yeah. I don't brute. think it has to make you a psycho. I think you can very calmly analyze the situation yeah. without being tense about it. Yeah. And it, be prepared. And, uh, you know, Bruce Lee would have... Uh, he would have this saying. He would he would say, um, "Your everyday stance is your fighting stance." So if you're if you're sitting behind a desk and somebody approaches you, you're, you this is your fighting stance. If you're yeah. lying down at the beach, that that becomes your fighting stance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So fight from wherever you. What's your environment? Here's my new technique. You step on my neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great technique. I'm gonna win. But it's uh and and, and that's a lot. Yeah, you can relate that a lot to comedy because Absolutely. it's your environment, uh, who who's around you, what are you standing on, how's the lighting, how's how's everything, mm-hmm. and uh, how drunk is the audience? Yeah, are you against a wall? That's a big thing, you know. If you're not against a wall, you never know who's behind you. You yeah. want to get against a wall because right. you, you know you can. Uh, it better be brick, right? <laughs> then you can do comedy. <laughs> you fight telling jokes. I ain't doing no wood paneling comedy show. Right, right. No, but I think it's, uh, I think it's, yeah, if anyone, I, I want to plug this guy because he's, he's a genius. Still teaching? Uh, still teaching. Uh, the school is not called Senshido anymore, but he, 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 he taught the military, he teaches kids in schools. He, he teaches a lot about violence. He would give like free seminars on rape prevention all the time. He would mm-hmm. travel the world and just, he is He's unbelievable. Yeah. Richard Dimitri, uh, you can easily find him on. There's so many yeah. things that aren't taught in schools that it's just, yeah. it's just a shame. Yeah. Like, I think they're scared if you teach self-defense that people are going to run with it and use it for offense. Yeah. Right. But these are all very practical skills. Very practical. That everyone needs. Yeah. And not a lot of people have. I me- he- yeah. I remember his first class would really shocked me about his because the fighting stance is a passive is a very passive submissive stance so the Senshido fighting stance would be like your hands are up and you look scared and you look very passive and defensive and when you think about it this stance with your hands up is the exact same stance as this right except this looks aggressive Mm -hmm. right whereas here you look like a pussy yeah and anybody comes up to you uh, and the more you look like a pussy, the more the aggressor will come closer. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then it's so easy to just eye gouge him. No, but you know what I mean? Like, it, and it's true, and it's weird, because the closer you are to a weapon, especially yeah. a knife, uh, yeah. the safer you are. The further you are from a knife, you know, you want to run. Yeah. And a great knife fighter would never show his knife. He would just, mm-hmm. like, hold it behind his hand yeah. and, and, you know, keep it behind him. So I just love that fighting stance, that very passive, submissive, hey, and then again, your body language, uh, your tone of voice, 
you know, your your, your whole approach of, of and and portraying and almost acting. I was about to say, yeah. right? And like, what do you want? Anything you want? You want money? Do you know, I, I don't have any money, but I have an ATM card. We can go to, you know, I have ten bucks, but if you want a thousand dollars, I'll give that to you right away. Yeah, and then you kind of interrupt his pattern of thinking. Yeah, like I was gonna mug him for like ten bucks, but now ooh, thousand. So you're you're fucking with his brain. He. He seems like he's in complete control, but you're really in control of the whole situation. Because you're running into McDonald's yes. and making a phone call. <laughs> Boom. While you're eating a Big Mac. <laughs> and I earned this fucking Big Mac. Yeah, it's, 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 it's fascinating. It's fascinating. And everyone needs would, would benefit from from. Yeah, that's from something teachings. I've always meant to do. I've yeah. never done self-defense or even just boxing or anything. Yeah, well, boxing is the greatest for footwork. But then, you know, uh, once you're on the floor, what do you do then? You know, yeah. how do you deal with a grappler? How do you, <laughs> and grapplers are, inc- some grapplers are incredible, but they don't know about spitting and yeah. eye gouging yeah. and biting. They don't know anything. They, they, I, dude, you take a grappler's eyes out. Yeah, right. You know, they can still have that tactile sensitivity where they can yeah. you know, maneuver and feel your body. But still, if you, I remember Rich once got in a fight, on a, in a street fight, and he, he, he pulled the dude's ear off yeah as he's fighting and he said dude we can still go <laughs> but i have your ear uh-huh i think if you want i would take it back and go to the hospital right and the dude just took his ear and just Eat. ran fuck yeah yeah you know but it's like that's a great that's a kind fighter <laughs> that's a kind I mean? fighter and that's better than any movie i've right. ever seen <laughs> <laughs> my grandfather was in a movie scene, right? My grandfather I've never was in the special forces, and he used to say, like, because it was the same idea where if it's like if we're in hand to hand combat, like someone has to die, like that's right. the thing. Like you're not hand to hand combat. Like, okay, guys, you win. T- yeah, you win. Yeah. Party's <laughs> over. No, so he would say things. I would be like, oh, because you know when you're a kid, especially you know in my situation as a young boy, I'd be like, what would you do if someone did this or did that? Yeah, this is the same answer because it's always the same answer. Right into the <laughs> Groin, and then as they bend over, you take your foot, go down their shin, and break the top of their foot. Ugh. And I go, you can't hit someone in the crotch. Like that's not that's not the rules. He goes, yeah. there are no what rules, rules are you talking the about? The rule is you got to live. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, there are no rules. Yeah. yeah, and even as like a late in his late seventies when he had gotten much softer and was you know with the grandkids, he was always so good with us. He'd still be like, no, you you have to kill like you right. kill them. And yeah, I'm that's like, the answer. Okay, the yeah. answer doesn't change based on your attitude. Yeah. yeah. And even even with you know a kick to the groin, which a lot of people think, but with adrenaline, some people like I remember Rich telling us a story of this guy who got kicked in the groin or 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 someone swung a bat uh, on his groin. He was bleeding. Yeah. But with the adrenaline, it didn't stop him. You also you yeah. also still have a good ten seconds after you get hit in the nuts yeah. to do your business. But there's well, only the check is in the mail with that injury. There's only two. Plays two spots in your body that are completely debilitating, no matter how big your opponent is, and no, it, it will always work, and that's your eyes. Yes, if you can't see, you can't fight, yeah. and, right. and your throat. If you yeah. can't breathe, yeah. you can't fight, no matter how big the person is. Yeah, and again, the closer you are to that person, the safer you are. Yeah. So he would teach like these 50, 60 year old women how to defend themselves, and a lot of self defense is psychology uh-huh. like mainly it's mainly psychology like uh again I, I recommend to read a great book on on it's called by gavin de becker uh, called the gift of fear and and it's it's about rape prevention and how uh how to trust your intuition and he would tell uh, rich once told us a story about this one of his students who was about to get raped she was about to get raped she was on a date she was in the car 
and she said, okay, listen, and she knows what's going down. She knows she's about to get raped. So she says, you know what? Why don't we go to my place? Mm. And I got a lot of cocaine there, and you could do whatever the fuck you want to me. Right. And so he gets excited. Yeah. So he brings her, she brings him back to her place, not knowing that she had the key to her brother's apartment. She opens it up. And she knew that he was watching the football game with 10 of his friends. Yeah. So she opens the door and she starts yelling, my date is trying to rape me. Uh Uh-huh. And gets jumped by the 10 guys. Uh And that is like a perfect example of true self-defense. Yeah. Where you didn't have to use your body and get physical. Uh, But you you evaded this this horrible situation using psychology. Yeah. Using your mind. Yeah. And he would teach that. It was, it was just, he, he taught the emotional uh, aspect of fighting, of self-defense, the, the physical. The physical is very minimal because mm-hmm. for it to escalate to the physical is insane. You have to have like this incredible ego or, or be really out of luck because you never know. Yeah. Uh, but for it to escalate, there's so much you can do to de-escalate. And it, it all has to do with your ego. Like are you willing to, again, it's never worth it. You never know what's going to happen the next day. But he would teach the psychological, the emotional, and, 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 and the physical. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's like a lot of like Krav Maga is really uh, popular, but Krav Maga is also military. Like, can you teach a 60-year-old woman how to defend herself properly against a guy who's, you know, 6'4 and lunging at her with a knife? Yeah. Uh, if you don't cover the psychological aspect of that or how to, you know... How to how to approach that or how to fight that? Then you you will lose physically. You will lose. So he it was so well rounded. Yeah, it was so. And I think anyone who gets a chance to work with him or I want to take the yeah. fifty year old woman class. Yeah, <laughs> well, that was my class too. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is something to say about the psychological thing because how many? I mean, this happens to me on the subway where I'll get on and someone is aggressive or says something or does something, and I think like, oh, they're like. Like to kind of de-escalate the situation, I will acknowledge that they're there, like that I hear them. Yeah. But a lot of times for me, that'll be like if he's like, "Hey, get in the fucking train. You're holding up the fucking train." I'll be like, "Yeah, man. Like, yeah, totally. Like trying to like, yeah." De- and he'll be like, "Who the fuck are you talking to?" And I'm like, "Oh, I played this totally wrong." <laughs> right, right, uh, right. But it's like you said, like if I had a huge ego, it's like, "Fuck you." I'm talking to you. Right. Then, then it's gonna. Es- but I'm always just like, "Oh, my bad, man. I was just agreeing with you. Like, I'm sorry about that." Yeah. But it's like you said, like I did. The drop of a dime, especially in this city in New York, people are like ready to fight. They've already right? been through three things by two o'clock. Yeah, so you have to really play on the psychological aspect of like, all right, well, I said the wrong thing. Now I have to. Because sometimes if you ignore people, I've had people accost me for like just ignoring them. They're yeah. Like, I know you can fucking hear me. Yeah. You take your fucking headphones out. I know you can fucking hear. And I'm like, oh, sorry, man. Like, right. I didn't hear you. I had my headphones in. Yeah. Because, you know, you could definitely go the other way and be like, what the fuck did you say? Yeah. Yeah. But I never, ever do that. I'm yeah, sorry. You- I was busy yelling at myself in my head. <laughs> <laughs> You're yelling at me. Your ego will, will get you in trouble, man. Oh, that's the biggest ego. problem. It's your ego yeah. always gets you in trouble. Right. So it's very meditative to to stay alive mm-hmm. in, in those situations. And it's it's tricky because you have that rush of adrenaline. Oh, man. And that is so powerful. And there is also the ego and everything we're brought up with about being a macho, being a man. Yeah. And like if you watch a movie, you always want to see the main character say the fucking most smart ass shit. Right. Or like pop somebody in the neck and duck I'd out. I'd like them apples. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Like, you wanna, ah. 
<laughs> yeah, it's about like winning right. and all those. And then with social media, it's always about winning, always getting the last word yeah. in. And that's that's kind of where we're at with as far as like peers judging you. And then you start to judge yourself in that way. I think, yeah, you're, you're totally yeah. right. And yeah. you, you, you fail or you lose as soon as you engage. Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and then you have the social pressure. How, yo, he said that about you. How are you not going to respond? It's yes. Like, then, you're, then I'm just playing into that game. Exactly. And then you're not feeding the wolf that's trying to bite, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a really great lessons, man. All right. Well, I think we learned something today. We did. <laughs> we still don't know who the best apartment manager is for these companies. <laughs> uh, we do have a handle it. on self-defense, and that's more important. Let's right. face it. Oh, uh, I think we, you know, self-defense is, it's just beyond physical. It's what we go through every day, yep. you know, showing up. It's a up dance. To, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, before yeah. the dance starts. Right. It's a courting. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Here comes the outro. Sirens. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Power of How. Music by Daniel Torado. Artwork by Nelson Diaz. Follow us on all the social medias at, at The Power of How Podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe. And check us out at patreon.com forward slash The Power of How Podcast. Send us some positive vibes in the form of U.S. currency. See you next week, everybody.